0: Corinthians. That song reminds me of my daughter. She sings it with her at times. And when I was down in Los Angeles the last couple of days, a number of ministers and people were coming up to me saying, hey, I I saw your daughter or I met your daughter. And she's in the youth training center. I think uh, they had a big group over in Las Vegas this past week. They had to play the ghetto uh, from Oakland. They were in Las Vegas. They said it was really, really, really good. Uh, Got really moved. But uh, the youth training center, who's going to be with us, August 22nd through the 29th, I believe. Uh, uh, half of them will, anyways. Uh, they were kidding. The, uh, they're in Las Vegas, and a lot of the people were coming and saying, Hey, your daughter, she's all right. I said, Sure she is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Chip off the old rock. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Josie. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Now, when I went to Trous To preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. I still had no peace of mind. Because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Because I did not find my brother Titus there. Let's pray. Father, I pray you utilize this half hour for the furtherance of your gospel as I always pray. And the edification of your body. That we would leave here, knowledgeable of your word, and not only knowing it, but deciding to, to do it, to perform it, to live it out. The women that were up here earlier, Lord, dealing with Dale Carnegie's book on friendship, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that we would become better friends, more closer, one with another, and especially with you, but also with, with one another. Love with flesh on it. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody together said. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. You need to keep your Bibles handy because I'll be speaking uh, out of the Book of Romans in, in a little bit, and we're we'll going to Proverbs as well, and a little bit of Hebrews and just a taste. But I want to be using this scripture here as my springboard scripture in Second Corinthians chapter two. Again, the title of my sermon is "To Max Alva with Love." And sitting here, uh, knowing what the title was going to be, I'm thinking, man, I'd like to maybe. I have about six or seven of these sermons. Uh, to so and so with love. Maybe I can make it into a little thing here, Dennis. That so we get a little. That way, when we travel, I can uh, sell these things in different places. And because uh, I get like a series now on to so and so with love. But this is Max Alva again. Uh, most of you uh, didn't really know Max, but he was in the home when I was in the home uh, years ago. But at that time, we had two rehab homes, okay? And he was with Rudy, who was a home director, and I, I was with another one, uh, a uh, home director by the name of Kalki. He was my director. But Max and I bonded. I think we went to Yosemite. Uh, For the first time, and and in hindsight now, listening to what happened in his funeral and how his life, his life paralleled mine so much. In that he came from a small city, went to a big city. And then, uh, uh, you know, he'd come out of prison, I'd come out of prison. And he was a drug addict, heroin addict, I was a heroin addict. I mean, there was so much bonding there. So when, the first time we ever went to Yosemite, here's home went, and our home went, and we were riding bikes. And, you know, we we like bonded. We are from two different homes, but riding bikes. Riding, I mean, bikes. You know, here we are. You know, a guy, you know, tracks on our arms, tattoos, and riding bikes, and Yosemite, going ooh. You know, I think my ooh was better than who's his ooh. Or, you know, because we're like from you know, drug addicts from small cities. We'd never Yosemite. We'd, wow, trip out, ee, You know, and so it was it was odd, and I was able to witness to some of his family, and uh, 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 you know, God's ministered to me. He said, "Come we'll talk to that one." And one of them had gotten saved. Big old guy from Colton. They were from Colton, and. And I started telling him, I said, what is your name? And I said, you got saved. And I said, what was Max? Max was my uncle. And he started telling me about Max's past. When he was a little kid, And I go, oh, my God, that sounds like me. And I said, Max was, they, one time he was hiding in his little nephew's closet. And the cops came and got him. I said, sounds like me. Uh, then I saw a guy look just like Max. And it ended up being his brother. So I went up to him before I left. I started talking to him. David is his name. Pray for David Alva. Okay. He's in Hawaii right now, but he's, he came for the, the funeral of his brother. But uh, I think and he's attending Victory Outreach now. Uh, But he was like broken for, you know, his brother. But Max had a lot of friends, okay, me included, being one of them. So I've dedicated this message to him, to Max Alva, with love. Now, when we ever, we deal with Paul, and I'm going to be talking about the Apostle Paul, okay. There's a number of, of subjects, okay, that we can deal with in regards to him. But as you read between the lines in the book of Acts, and also the epistles, Paul wrote, 13 to 14 epistles or, or letters, books in the Bible. Okay. And we're going to be looking in depth here a little bit about the affection and the feelings that Paul had. Okay. For people. Now. He had a heart that was concerned for people. And that's what we need to have as well. All right. Now. With the Apostle Paul. Okay. Okay. In the book of Acts, you see the Apostle Paul in action, so to speak. It's called the book of Acts. So he was, he was very much in action. Alright, he was always on the move. Constantly on the go. Alright, that's the kind of... He, he was a doer of the word, so to speak. Always out about his father's business. A lot of action. Okay, As a matter of fact, look at he, uh, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Verses 36. 37 and 38. Acts 20. Do you have it? Acts 20, beginning in verse 36. It says, When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all what? Wept and cried as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. That's love right there. They knelt down, they prayed, and they embraced, they kissed. Uh, did you hear know who I said took me to the airport? Who took me to the airport? Our Blahos, a hitman for the Mexican mafia. Bonafide, hardcore killer. But now he's a lover of people, a lover of the Lord. Uh, as much as we used to hate or envy or whatever, now that's how we got to love. And we were sitting there because I wanted to talk to him about some things that he's going through. And, you know, we had a long wait, over an hour. And as we were sitting there, we were, you know, unconscious in a sense of the fact that the people that were accumulating, I had like the number seven of the card uh, of the flight. Usually I'm like 132. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. When you're going to catch a plane, you know, you know, there's like 135 seats, I get like 132. You know, I barely make it or whatever, you know. But this time I got there a little early. I had number seven, God's number. Um, but, you know, a lot of people started coming. Me and I just sat there and talked and talked and, you know, Today, I was telling Lenny, I look like a pastor going down. Usually, you know, on Wednesdays, I, I like to dress, you know, but today I had because I was coming from a funeral. Uh, but I look like a pastor, like a Vicarage pastor. <laughs> uh, and then Art, Art's got, you know, he's got, you know, that look. I mean, the guy was hardcore, bona fide killer, the, you know, but, and here we are, both of us. We have ties. and we're in the funeral, and we're just talking. I'm, Art, you got to do this, but, you know, I think we were talking a little loud. After a while, you know, the, the, all the 130-some people was accumulating, you know, and we're just, we're just going at it, unconscious of the fact of people around us. Uh, so at the end, you know, we get up and he grabs my bags, helps me put right there, you know, and then we hug. Uh, and everybody, later on, I, you know, we hug. And then I real loud, he goes, I love you, brother. I go, I love you too, brother. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that right now. <laughs> uh, then I had to make a phone call. When I called the the home, I said, "You gotta pick <laughs> me up." Ah, uh, I didn't have time to call because I the other were calling our names. So when I go like this, I, I see the line, so I go around. And one guy, I think he was just he must, he must have been he was really tripping, because I was like the last one. Now he, he was gonna be. He goes, "Go ahead." I go, "No, no, no, you you go. Goes, it's okay." But I think he'd been listening the whole time. I think he knew. What a humble guy. He's a humble dude. You know, looks can be deceiving. Uh, but this here is what Paul was doing. They, they kissed, they cried, they hugged. See, Paul had friendships. In uh, Paul's epistles is where we get a better glimpse into Paul's heart. We read the book of Acts. He's always action, 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 and moving. But in his epistles that we read here in 2 Corinthians, some of, his, some of the other letters that he wrote, you get a glimpse at the heart of a, a man's man, if you will. That's what he was. He was a man's man. But he had friends. See, I'm not talking about, you know, the man's heart in the sense of, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 showing courage or, or guts. Or having that gung-ho attitude of which Paul had. And you know many times I preach about that. have guts and courage. I'm not talking about that kind of heart of Paul. I'm talking about opening up his heart and letting people in. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... The man who, who opens up his heart to others and other men and other people. Having fellowship and relationships, you know, with them. With Max. When people were testifying, they had about half and half, half women and half men. And, you know, Max was always calling people. He was a very friendly individual. Uh, and that's the way Paul was. Having intimate friendships. And, and, and in a sense, this is where Victory Outreach needs all this. We need this. These kind of uh, 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 teachings, if you will, and then living them out, because you know a lot of us were macho. Amen. I'll say amen for you. Uh, we wouldn't let anybody in. What do you think you're like? Won't let nobody. Uh, man, a, a message like this is, is so important. Now the ladies are going to eat a sermon like this up. Trust me. Ladies are. Oh yes, what's been happening? Oh. You remember? Ladies speak about fifty-five thousand words a day. Men, twenty thousand. So they got it. Wait, wait, wait. How about you get in? Okay, you could get yours in. All right, I'm just, get, you know. But women have an easier time on something. Women are really going to get this sermon. they going go, yeah, yeah, hit up. Tell him. Uh, <laughs> we need things like this. Uh, see, Paul had a love for, for all converts, but he held a very high place of love for his co-labors. Philippians 4:1 talks about the love that Paul had for his co-labors. Uh, For his yoke fellows. The ones who, you know, were committed to ministry and going the extra mile. Paul really loved people that were involved in ministry. Those were, that's the kind of people that he really, really, you know, opened his heart to. Now, Paul by and large, okay, being a minister, he was a giver. First, much more than a taker. Okay? And that's a sign of a strong man. When he can be a giver. More than a taker. he was, This guy was always giving, giving, giving. A lot like my friend Max Alva. All the testimonies you heard about him. He was always giving. Uh, giving. And that's the sign of a strong man. But nonetheless, Paul still, my friend, knew that he had needs as well. What did I say about Paul? He was a giver. And that's a sign of a strong man. Always giving. Always, you know. I mean, like I know many times uh, in my house... I'm gonna take a bite of a sandwich. Ring! Oh, Pastor, did I catch you at the wrong time? No, no, it's okay. <laughs> My daughter laughs because she knows. Uh, but because we're givers. But listen, we not only have to be good givers, we gotta be good takers. In the Bible, Jesus went to watch Peter's feet. Remember that? And Peter said, No! No, be it far from you, master, that you would wash my feet. See, Peter was used to always being a giver, like a lot of ministers are. And Jesus, man, I don't have time to go in depth to this. But if you study that portion of scripture, that would have been Peter's last chance. God might have just, Christ might have just said, forget you then, man. Uh, But I'm trying to teach you something here. Uh, That's, well, okay, then wash my whole body. Peter, just give me your feet, bro. Get over here. Uh, Because... You get used to always giving, giving. And you don't want nobody to do nothing for you. Listen, you got, especially men. You have needs. And don't act like you don't. Hallelujah. Uh. See, Paul had needs that only others could feel. Not he himself. How are you going to give yourself a kiss? How are you going to give yourself a hug? Especially when you get my size. Ah. Pretty good. Uh, no. And we, and we need to understand that. Paul understood that clearly. See, with people like, like Paul, we can look at them like, you know, super spiritual individuals. Paul was. Pastor Sonny, a lot like that. They're like they're super spiritual. But hey, ministers have needs too. Leaders have need too. Everybody has needs. Just because we have a position doesn't mean that we don't have needs. And we got to let people in to help us. Uh, But none of us, we don't do that. We fail to get close enough to people to meet their needs as well. I call this, okay, the the pretty girl syndrome. The pretty girl syndrome. Remember when you were in school and the pretty girl. And you think, well, who's going to take her to the prom? Sometimes she wouldn't go to the prom. She wouldn't have that many dates. Ah, the pretty girl, hey, you talking about me. You know why? Because people were afraid to get next to her. She's too pretty for me. She's too pretty for me. Ah. Then you go to the prom and she's there with Johnny Lop. Because Johnny Lop had the guts to ask the pretty girl. No, ah, she's too pretty for me. Hey, check out Johnny Lobo. High signing, you know. <laughs> and in ministry, we can get like the pretty girl syndrome. We don't let nobody in. Because we're too spiritual. I am the pastor of this church. I'm a minister in this church. I can take care of myself. No, you can't. No, I can't. Nobody can. We all need God and we all need each other. No man lives and dies in himself. We all need friends. We all need, ladies, come on, we all need friends yeah. come on, right this is a woman's, this is a man's, man's sermon but a woman's sermon, figure that one out ah, hallelujah but we, we get like you know, we're unreachable untouchable, but Paul knew better than to isolate himself that's what we're covering here in these scriptures Paul says, my friends ah, all these things Paul knew better see, yes, Paul rises far above all individuals in the spiritual life. But still his epi- within his epistles, my friend, okay, he, he doesn't hide that he has, you know, needs. He doesn't hide it at all. That he has a need for relationships. He needs people. We need people. Now in the opening verse in second Corinthians, okay, let me read it again. Second Corinthians. Can you t- turn to it? Chapter two. Verse 12 says, Now when I went to Trials to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I didn't find my brother Titus there. Uh, Paul longed and hungered for the close intimacy and the help of his friend Titus. See, here Paul is telling us that he is, you know, not a one-man wrecking spiritual crew, so to speak. Uh, he's not a spiritual ramble. And if anybody could be said of that, it'd be the Apostle Paul. He wrote 13 to 14 books in the Bible. The book of Acts is a lot about his life. If anybody could be a spiritual ramble, it was him. But Paul says, uh uh-uh. uh. I says, I need people. I ain't all that, that big shot. Come on. I think that's the reason why Paul was able to make it. But Paul was able to go on to great heights because he understood who he was. See, Paul is saying, that he had needs, and he wants to be with others, with his friend. He says, I, I, "Man, I got through Charles, but but Timothy wasn't. I mean, Titus wasn't there. Me, me. I want to have fellowship. Again, to Max, I was love. They talked about that about Max. He loved burritos. Ah, uh, because hey, that's hey. Brother, let's go, let's go to the all you can drink horchata place." So I like to hang out. Hallelujah. Uh, that rice water. Keep it coming. Uh, and have fellowship with everybody. You know, I was telling, I think I told Max's wife earlier. I said, you know what, Lydia, I had to come to this. I had to not only come to the funeral, but I came to the wake. I said, I had to come here. Because I didn't want to go to heaven. And after I see Jesus and then Max, then I see Max and I go, oh, oh. I didn't want Max to come up to me. Walking real good now without his machine. I come up to me and say, hey. Homie, don't you know me? Somebody used to tell me all the time. Homie, don't you know me? Why don't you show me? How come you didn't go to my wake? You went to my funeral. How come you didn't go to my wake? Then he goes, ah, there's burritos in heaven. Yeah. Uh, got you good. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah, I want to go. Uh, all you can drink, heavenly horchata. Praise God. Uh, Uh, See, Paul understood all these things. He needed a friend. And he's hinting to all of us here that when he is deprived of his friendships, that he too hurts. Okay, that, that, you know, he feels, you know, desolate and lonely. Man, I didn't see Titus there. I I wanted to see him. The guy wasn't there. Man, he he says, man, I, I missed out on fellowship with a fellow friend. See, he looked forward to being with his friend Titus. See, Paul was, was, was in Troas, and, you know, but when he gets there, Titus is not there. Uh, he didn't find him. See, Paul had a number of friends okay, that he'd, he could rely on. Timothy and Barnabas and, and Luke and, and Silas. He had all kinds of friends when you read the scriptures. A number of individuals. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians 7, verses 5 and 6. How funny that Sunday night sermon was about unity. Today, about friends. God's getting us ready. When we go into the new building. 7 verses 5 and 6. Do you have it? For when we came into Macedonia. Excuse me, that's verse 5. But God, who comforts the downcasts, comforted us by the coming of who? Who? Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort... You had given him. He told us about your longing for me. Your longing for me. Your deep sorrow. Your ardent concern for me. So that my joy was greater than ever. But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. I couldn't find Titus and trials. But finally Titus came to me. My homie came to me. And I was over. Yes, I was downcast, downtrodden. And ardent, ardent affliction. But man, the guy came and he helped me out. He, 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 he calmed my wounds. God used them. Love with flesh on it. We need that. We mentioned it many times. We need not just God's love, spirit, but we need love with flesh on it. Sometimes. Ah, oh. I think that's why probably Art gave me a big old hug because we were talking there. we were you know, gonna go doing some stuff, and he was he was he was grateful. Hmm. Hundreds of some people there. Two big mustaches. All right, brother. I love you. I did get a little. Oh my God. You know. I did get a little. Come on, brother. You know. I love, you, I, love you. I love you too. Ah, uh, Because we comfort one another. We help one another. Don't you dare stay home on Wednesdays if you don't have to. Uh, this is a midweek power hug. Hallelujah. Uh, you never know where you're going to need it. See, Paul had help from a number of people. Okay. Because of his heavy, committed ministry to God. And that allowed it and afforded him this pleasure. In other words, he had all kinds of friends because he was real well-known. Wherever he would go, oh, that's Paul, that's Paul. It's like Pastor Sonny. Watch, well, some of you are going to be able to see him on, on, on Saturday. Sonny has friends all over the world. Uh, so he's able to glean and receive from them. He can find comfort. Uh, I mean, it's great to have a big family, spiritual family. Uh, can, and, you know, today when I was talking with Art, we were talking about things that we were going through and I told Art, hey, I've been there, done that. He said, but you know what, Art? What I have, because you're an evangelist. I told him, Art, you art, you got to be smart. Because I call him articulate art. Because uh, art, he's very articulate. And I said, Art, when I'm going through things, yeah. But when I have art that maybe you don't have but get it, Art. I said, I can go back to the Hayward Church and find love and grace and help in time of need. I said, I mean, uh, maybe this happened over here, maybe that, but I can go home. Ah. Uh, but listen, you have that advantage too. Uh, plus you have your father here with you. Hallelujah. Huh? We need each other. We can come and man, you know, maybe you're going through some difficult times and, you know, your immediate family is too immediate. <laughs> Hallelujah. What do they call it the immediate family, you know? <laughs> you know. Then you come over here with your lax family, laid back family, take your time, patient family, Ah, uh, your patient family. We help each other. We need this. So very vital, so very important. Uh, but like Pastor Sonny, he can clean from all kinds of people wherever he travels. Because love reproduces love. You know, and Paul, Paul wasn't in a stuck-up. You can turn to it later, but don't, you don't have to turn to it right now. But in 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 13, and there in the fourth chapter of 2 Timothy, can you find the things that Paul did, how his heart went out to people? He was not a stuck-up kind of a person. See, stuck-up guys in ministry are bad. They have their nose up in the air. And if you're in the home, it can start in the home sometimes. There goes the staff. He's staff now. She's staff. Get down and clean, hallelujah. Not down and dirty. Get down and clean with the people. Get in there. You reap what you sow. Man, Max had a big funeral because he he put out a lot of love to people. Ah, uh, don't get like that. Uh, let's not let's not be like that at all. See, Paul was not afraid to give his heart to people, to let them see that he had needs as well. See, Paul prized his friendships, and it was a it was a reciprocal thing. It was it was a give and take kind of a thing. He'd he'd give, but he'd also able to take. Uh, it's not like Peter. Oh, no, no, I don't need. It. We all need people. He prized his friendships. He was not afraid nor was he ashamed to say that he needed people. Let's not be so macho, guys, especially our kind of people. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm fine. I'm all right. I'm going to go to heaven. Aren't I? Mm. No, no, no. If you're going through something. Now, don't, don't, don't open up to everybody. And I'm going to end like that telling you. But, hey, you know, p- pick your friends. Choose your friends. Choose who you open up to. Don't dump on it. You know, just anybody. Uh, But it takes a big man to do what Paul did. To open up. To admit he needed other friends. See, smaller men like that can't do that. They don't acknowledge no one about anything. Uh, They're their own worst lawyers, so to speak. See, Paul gave honor where honor was due. And he also gave love and compassion out by the bushel full. Uh, And besides, remember what I said, you reap what you sow. You plant love, what are you going to get? Look, love begets love. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the loving, for they shall receive love. Uh, That's the way Paul was. He understood that. Okay. Paul Paul, Paul was a a giver, but yet he was also able to receive. And Paul was one of the most hated men on this planet. You read the book of Acts, man. Everywhere he went. You know that they paid people to follow Paul and make life miserable for him. Ah, these men that have turned the world upside down. And oh, man, he, he was pretty hated. But somebody once told me, I'll show you who you are, by who your friends are and who your enemies are. Ah, and that's a fact, Jack, because you could tell who, who Paul was because of his enemy. He had a lot of enemies, stoning him and messing with him, Ah, because he was bringing in a new doctrine. The Gentiles hated him and the Jews hated him. But he also had a lot of friends. Uh, By the same token, I mean, because he planted a lot of love. Uh, He had a lot of love. Uh, He was one of the most loved and respected men on this planet. Look at Romans 16, 13, as I'm getting close to closing. Romans 16, verse 13, in regards to the life of Paul. Romans 16, verse 13. God, look at look at verse three. Look at look at all those people he names. Ah, oh, Phoebe and Dencha, and Look, oh, that's what it says. Uh, all these people, and ah, uh, oh man, all these people that he knew and he loved. All these people, and then verse thirteen, Greek Rufus, chosen the Lord, and who, who has been a mother to me, as well. See, Rufus' mother had taken care of Paul as well. And it had come to the point where she was his very own mother. That's a heavy relationship. The like guy had his own mom. Uh, I mean, and you know how it is. I mean, everybody needs a mom. Uh, moms, you got any warm tortillas? How about mutter? Butter. Mutter. 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 Mutter from butter. Hallelujah. I can't believe it's not butter. That'll work. See, church, to repeat what I said in the beginning of the sermon. I've heard great, great number of sermons that speak about Paul's genius for ministry. I've heard a lot of them about Paul's ministry and his genius in ministry. I've heard a lot of sermons on Paul's genius in theology, Romans 1 through 11. I've heard a lot of sermons on Paul's genius for church government, even Paul's genius in psychology. But I've never heard too many sermons on Paul's genius on friendships. He was a genius of a theologian. He was a genius of a minister. But he was also a genius on friendship. On friendship. there's nothing neglect and omit that. He's talking a lot about friends. Look at that big old list of people that were his friends. That he opened up to and that had opened up to him. Uh, friendship. But as you, read, as you read between the lines, it's evident, my friend, that Paul had a heavy genius in the need... To have friends, yes. But, he, but here's what I want to zero in on as I close. Paul chose his friends very carefully. And you and I got to do the same thing. He chose them very carefully. Paul didn't just, you know, befriend anybody at all. See, Paul knew the term of fair weather friends. You ever heard of the fair weather friends? They're with you till a check runs out. Uh, they're with you till you put them in check. Fair weather friends. Who's the famous so-called friend Paul had? Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Uh, Demas had burned him, had made him look silly. Uh, So you got to be very careful. See, but the tie that Paul looked for in choosing friends was a person that was a hardcore individual for the Lord. He didn't want no fly-by-nights. You couldn't run with the Apostle Paul if you're going to be a you know, a fly-by-night kind of Christian, wanna be kind of Christian. You had to be hardcore. That's the kind of friends you got to choose if you want to be a real Christian. You want to be a real Christian, choose a genuine Christian. You want a real friend, choose the real Christian friend. Mm. Those are the real friends. They're going to stick to you. Nikki Cruz says, a friend is somebody that walks in when everybody else walks out. That's a real friend. Uh, there was a condition. There was a stipulation. For Paul's friendship. Uh, In other words, he didn't want no rancors. He didn't want to cast his pearl to swine, so to speak. Uh, See, just think about all the people that want to hang around Pastor Sonny. All the people that want to hang around Nikki Cruz. All the people that want to hang around by these well-noted individuals. There's a number of them that want to hang around with him. But they, like Paul, they can't just go around befriending everybody and anybody. There must be certain criteria your friendships. See, Paul wanted to have friends that were, that were all horses and like-minded, people that, that, were, that were in it to win it like he was, through thick and thin. He didn't need gossiping wannabes, guys full of hot air, not full of the Holy Ghost, uh, full of hot air. Now on the surface, this seemed to make Paul look like, you know, more than a little heartless kind of a guy or, or a hard kind of a guy, but that's not true. See, Paul's time to him was pearls, and he didn't want to throw his time to swine. Are you with me? Uh, That's the way it was. Paul had certain requisites for his affection. If a person was not heaven-bent on living for God, then forget it. It He was not fit to be Paul's friend. Look at Hebrews 10, as I close, verses 38 and 39. Hebrews 10, verses 38... And 39. There are certain criteria in picking his friends. Do you have it? But my righteous one will live by faith. The just live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back, Paul says, and are destroyed but of those who believe and are saved. Now again, Paul's not being unjust. He's not being terrible. It's just that Paul knew what a real friend was. Uh, now, in order to be a real friend, you must, my friend, be a friend first, like the sister was saying. Okay, and it looks like Paul's being a little hard right here. He says, man, if you're going to shrink back, then my heart's not with you. It seems a little cruel, a little too much. For a guy to say, man, you know what? If you're going to be a wannabe, then... Get on down the ramp tramp. Really, what are you saying? Man, what a hard guy. No, he's not being hard. He's just, I know who I want to run with. I know who I'm going to let in. I don't want, no, 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 somebody here watching my back against the devil. The devil's cruel. And if you can't watch my back, then hey, Jack. uh uh uh-uh. You're not going to be my. Uh-uh. And that's the kind of friends you need. You don't want fair weather friends. Here today in Gandamawi. Hallelujah. Ah. Uh, no. We want back-to-back partners. That's what The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen twenty-four. there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. See, Paul was talking about war buddies. War buddies. And it's not going to be easy being a Christian. Just in case you didn't know it. But we need war buddies. We need people that back-to-back partners. Brother, how's it going? What are you doing? What can I pray for? You pray for me. Uh, I mean, man, you, hey, come on, let me help you over here. And you're going to help me, in the, you know, because you reap what you sow. Are you going to be in church tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to be. All right, but make sure and go there, brother. Uh, are you going to be going to the club? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. You need it, brother. We need it. Come on, we got to get over there. War buddies. Friendships. Not fair weather friendships. See, Paul wasn't saying that, you know, they all had to be like him or look like him or, you know, no. He was saying that the key was that they all had, you know, heavy, deep spiritual experience with God. Paul was saying that if he kept on pouring out his heart and his soul for the cause of Christ, that it was only natural that men like Demas would have no part with him. They wouldn't. They're not going to be able to take it. I call it the glass of water principle. A glass of water principle. See, it's like this glass has quite a bit of water in it <laughs> until now. But you've got to find out how much water is there. See? And so Paul says, yeah, I got all kinds of water. But if he comes and he sees other people that ain't got too much water, wow. Well, he would help them. He'd work on them. And he'd give them more water. Little by little, little by little, until they were just like him. They had the same amount of water. Uh, you got to find out how much water you have. And then hang around with people that got more water than you. And let them give you some water. When I went to Manila, I told you this earlier, this last trip. God ministered to my life, but... Before I left, the devil was hitting me hard, real hard, the hardest I've ever been hit my my 13 trips to Manila. And I mentioned this already, that when I got there, after about a day and a half, God showed me exactly why I went and why the devil hit me so hard. See, I already knew. The devil knew why he didn't want me to go to Manila. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. But I told my wife, honey, this time, the 13th time, God's lucky number, going to Manila. I don't think the devil didn't hit me about 13. Flying. Six. don't think the devil going to hit. Thirteen. Uh, but I said, you know what? This time I figured something out. The devil knows exactly why he doesn't want me there. There's something happening over there. That he knows that he doesn't want me to go there. And when I got there, after a day and a half, I figured it out. And I, here's what it was. I was supposed to go give water to the pastor. See, the pastor had been a little low on water. Don't tell him. This is to Max Alva with love, not to Richard Contreras with love. Uh, But listen to me, you you gang members. uh, Learn something from the never generation. See, we might not be as smart as some of you, because you guys are going to get educated and all that stuff, and, you know, marinated and all that stuff, you know. (laughs) But one thing we got. Ah, cha, 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 cha. We got water. We've been around the block a few times. Uh, we got water that we can give you. Uh, that's what Paul was talking about. He was just, I want people to hang around me They got water. I'm going to need water sometimes. Uh, now some of you might say, ooh, you mean Pastor Richard was low on water? Yes! Because he's a minister like I am. I'm low on water sometimes too. Not right now, but sometimes I am. All right? But I get low on water. Man, having to deal with this building, the building, the building, the building, the building, the building, the building. The building, the building, the building. On top of everything else. And then the building. Man. Uh, and all these other stuff going on. Sometimes, we, come on, what? Uh, we all have needs. Paul understood that. Uh, that's why Luke. His only Luke is with me when Paul's getting ready to die. See, because Luke could diagnose. He was a doctor. He could diagnose. Man, my pastor has a need here. My leader has a need here. And I know that. Everybody else might have deserted Paul, but not me, Luke says. I want to stick with him. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Ah. See, that's what Paul is dealing with here. That's what he's talking about here. See, maybe Demas didn't quite understand. See, the bottom line, people, is that for individuals like Demas, who forsook Paul, who had a heavy opportunity to run and to be a friend with the Apostle Paul, and he threw that opportunity away for a moment of bliss, one little moment, having loved this present world. Ah, uh, maybe demons didn't quite fathom what the worth of a nod, what the worth or what the value of a handshake of the Apostle Paul was, until he wasn't able to get that anymore. I don't know. Hope you understood what I said. Demons forsook the apostle. But I don't think he understood the value of being able to hang around with Paul. Being able to run with the apostle Paul. He took it too lightly. Whatever demons got in his journey back to the world was a poor substitute for the days and the nights of fellowship with the apostle Paul. Nobility begets nobility. Choose your friends. You're going to need them. You know what really trips me out? Is ministers and leaders and people in the ministry that point, you know, brother, let's go do this. Let's go do that. No, nah, no, nah, I ain't got time. I said, hijo, man. And then sometimes they'll come and we'll have fellowship and nothing really transpired too, too deep or too heavy. They go, man, I shouldn't have gone with him, man. It didn't even, nothing happened. Brother, let's go. Okay, I'll go again. Oh, nothing happened. And then the third time, brother, no, 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 I don't want to go because nothing happens. And then they decide not to come or go and have or chat the fellowship. And then something happens. Powerful stuff. Like me with Pastor Sonny. And then oh, he's just, he just talking. and just, fill my cup. Uh, let it overflow. You know? But you never know when the water's going to come. See, Demas took it for granted. Ah, the Apostle Paul. But he was assisting the the Spirit. But nobility begets nobility. What a great opportunity to to run around to hang uh, with, with spiritual men of God. Spiritual women of God. Like these ladies that were talking about my wife. What an opportunity. There was only about half of them. But even that would be half of, the, half of the leaders that didn't take that class. Ooh, let's go on. I, I don't want to get on your case. Uh, but come on, man. You want to grow and evolve in the things of God. It's so important. See, how important is your brother's or your leader's handshake to you? We all need each other. And we all need to value each other. Demas didn't value a handshake from the Apostle Paul anymore. You got to value that, that opportunity to spend it, to be there. Brother, how's it going? All right. You want to come on? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go kick it. Let's get in the mix. Hallelujah! Ah, uh, with the good mix. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. How important? How much do you value the handshake of a leader, the handshake of a friend, a potential friend? There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. War buddies. We need each other. Jesus had his his three, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle. He even hung around Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He had a home where he could go kick back. Jesus himself understood the value of friendships. As we read the life of the Apostle Paul, he was a genius in ministry. He was a genius in church government. He was a genius in theology. And he was a genius in friendships. A genius in friendships. The Bible says, you want friends, you must first become a friend. As every head is about in Iraq. I want to pray for those of you that say, I need friends. And I want to be a friend. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and come and make your way on this altar right now. Fill my cup Fill my cup Let it overflow Fill my cup Let it overflow Fill my cup Else. The altar is still open. God, minister to your life, you want us to pray for you? You want to be included in this prayer? I'm going to ask you quickly to slip out your seat, make your way under this altar. God, minister to your life, to when you want to end it in prayer? I'm going to ask you to come and join these that are here at this altar. Then we're going to pray.